how else would we start off a SummerSlam recap show without acknowledging Roman Reigns? Welcome to an edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special SummerSlam recap edition of the Top Rope Report. Here on Facebook Live, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. And joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nogster Greg. Greg, SummerSlam is in the books. Yes, um, and just out of curiosity, can you hear me fine today? I hear you perfect. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it's because of all the multiple people we had on yesterday, your sound was a little off. You know, so I, I, we've got to get the... We got to get the uh, technical department in on that one to figure out what's going on, so it doesn't happen again. I know. I mean, I, with, with little Doug, I heard when he first started, but then once he was talking and giving his picks, it was like silence. So, well, I was I was pretty happy with SummerSlam last night. It uh, it was what I thought it would be. Uh, like I said, I, I did the grades after each match, so I'll have them all here ready so I know what I did. Right. So I know, yep. I know what grades I gave. There was only two matches that I gave lower than a B. So. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I just thought it was a, a really, really good show. Big crowd, 40, 48,000. Yeah. What was it? 48,449. Yep. So, and by the way, the announcer made a mistake. The mayor for uh, the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, is not Kane. The mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, is Glenn Jacobs. So, okay, Mister Technicality. <laughs> so, all right, if you want to get ready to talk about uh, the pay per view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. It started off with a bang with the uh, Raw Women's title. Um, Bianca defending against Becky. Who's going first, me or you? Well, you got the shirt, so go right ahead. What do you mean? This was Bianca. This was Bianca versus Becky. What does my shirt have to do with the after, match between Bianca and Becky? After what happened at the end of the match. But that has nothing to do with the match. Um, this was a great, not, not a good way, not an acceptable way. This was a great way to kick off SummerSlam. The match itself, we can just talk about it first, was, it was definitely the best match between anything, whether it was a tag match or a triple threat match, any confrontations, any altercations between Bianca and Becky, this was the best match I have ever seen these two in against each other. I think people forget how good of a technical wrestler Becky Lynch can be. When she needs to be. Because they're always just focused on her being the man. Her being big time Bex. 
her taking that punch to the face by Nia Jax and brusting her nose and blood all over the place, just being one tough son of a bitch. But she can wrestle. She is a much better wrestler than she does, you know, does in the ring. Bianca also impressed me. She, to me, she's really nothing more than just a powerhouse. This match was excellent. Then after the match is over, I was kind of wondering if Becky really did hurt her arm for a moment there. The way she was kind of just like hanging it and she put her left arm out, which nobody shakes hands with their left hands. Right. Even lefties put their right hand out to shake hands. And then the little embrace, and like, oh, okay, well, here comes Becky Lynch's face turn, maybe? Then after the match is over, Bailey's music hits. Um, the way the ramp was, it went down and then took a, a left-hand turn and then, you know, and she got down to where that left-hand turn was and was yelling out, did you miss me? And then Dakota Kai's music hits and she starts walking down to the ring and you're like, I mean, I'm at that point, I'm sitting in a public transit bus with my headphones on, watching this on my phone, and there's one other person on there, and I'm trying not to scream. <laughs> I mean, I did the fist pump when Bailey came out, and then, well, EO Sky, um, and, and, you know, they, they changed her name. Her music was the same, because as soon as you heard the music, you knew who it was, which yeah. is kind of unusual, because a lot of times, sorry, this got a real an itchy ear all of a sudden. Um, a lot of times when they change a, um, a wrestler, they, they give them new music or do something, but she had her same old music. Um, and she looked to be in outstanding, phenomenal shape. Um, not that she was ever overweight, but she kind of had that, you know, I don't work out 24-7, you know, look to her. No, that look was absolutely gone. Um, she was, as they say, svelte. Um, and then the three of them came in the ring and confronted Bianca. And then who steps to Bianca's side? But Becky Lynch, in my opinion, confirming a 100% 180-degree face turn for Becky Lynch. This whole thing was great, and it was a great way to kick off SummerSlam. I gave the whole thing top to bottom an A. All righty, I totally agree. I mean, it was an excellent way to start off the show. Becky and Bianca, like uh, like you said, you know, the best match I've seen the two of them have since they've been having this little feud with them. And um, it was just uh, a tremendous match. I mean, great way to start it off. I think, you know, it started off, well, obviously I was, you know, you were the first person I thought of when I saw Bailey come out. And she's like, remember me, remember me. It's like, you know, and then when Io Shirai came out, Corey, not Io Shirai, Dakota Kai 
Corey Graves came out and said, no, it's Dakota Kai. She's not even under contract with WWE. And, you know, she comes up. Now, I was thinking, I wonder if they're going to have Bailey with the singles put and put Dakota Kai and Io Shirai as a tag team. I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's, it's obviously, to me, going to be some type of stable that the three women are going to be involved in. Because I realized that, you know, Triple H was running NXT before, and NXT was fabulous. Now he's part of creative with WWE. I think we're going to well, see a not, lot more NXT. Not, not part of creative, head oh. of creative. Head of creative. So I think head we're going to start seeing a lot more NXT people coming on to the roster. And uh, I definitely enjoyed the match. I, because of what happened throughout the end of, at the end of the match with Becky coming in, and I was kind of hoping that... Uh, you know, there would have been something, but it really wasn't because of Becky's arm. But I gave it an A+. Plus. Oh, okay. All right. Um, then after that, we had the matchup uh, between The Miz and Logan Paul. What would you think? Well, Logan Paul kind of surprised me. I mean, the man obviously can wrestle. He's quite athletic. Um, it was, I, I thought it was a good match. Uh, it went back and forth between the two of them. You know, Ciampa got involved in where AJ Styles came from. I have no idea. Must have came from the crowd or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. Uh, you know, Logan Paul beat him with his own finishing maneuver, the skull crushing finale. So I thought, uh, I thought that was kind of justified there and i enjoyed watching the match i gave it a b plus oh okay um yeah i mean it was uh, to me one of these instances where it, it showed i mean anytime ww has ever brought in um a, a non quote-unquote non-wrestler into an event whether it be bad bunny or you know other people well before you're always nervous. I mean, Mike Tyson fighting, you know, Floyd Money Mayweather. And they've had super, you know, people that are superstars outside of the wrestling world. And you always get nervous as to, oh, God, what, is, what, what are they doing this for? Um, Logan Paul signed an extended year contract, a multi-year contract with the uh, WWE. I believe it's three years. Um, I don't think he's going to be a full-time wrestler, but one thing that he showed is that in the short time he's been working with WWE, he's put in the training. He's putting in training. Because one thing we always talk about on our show is, is it's not always about being able to execute the move. It's being able to sell the move being done to you. To me, that's more important in a wrestling match than actually successfully doing a move. Because, I mean, nothing against her, but Maurice hadn't wrestled in 10 years and she had a match, you know, WrestleMania, or sorry, Royal Rumble, where she did a Hirakonrana to, to Edge. You know, okay, you can prep, but it's selling of the moves, which Logan Paul did incredibly well. I was thoroughly entertained with this. Um, I think Maurice and Chapa coming down to the ring 
Eh, a little confusing, but Maurice looks great. Um, Ciampa getting involved and then getting thrown out of the arena, but not leaving and grabbing a chair and sitting down. And then AJ Styles comes out. I, well, we've, I've been talking about it for a while. I had a feeling that this was going to be, you know, something with AJ Styles and Logan Paul versus The Miz and Ciampa. Well, we really didn't get that. Um, but AJ Styles and chases away Ciampa. Um, I, I, I'm going to totally 100% agree with the grade that you gave this as a B plus. Um, after that, we then went to the United States title belt, which was Bobby Lashley defending against Theory. Um, this match confused me. This match was not even five minutes long. And what, what surprised me was this huge push. That theory had been getting. If you want to say the push was 95% Vince McMahon seeing something in somebody, okay. But the push has been successful. The crowd hates him. He's good in the ring. For him to lose this match in less than five minutes... Is the reasoning behind it because you want to showcase how dominant Bobby Lashley is? Or is this the sign that uh, Theory's push is already, you know, no longer a shove and maybe just a slight little nudge? I don't know. Um, hoping for the prior that they really just wanted to show the dominance of Bobby Lashley. Um... But for what they gave us, I'm going to give this a B minus. Okay. Um, yeah, this match was really short. Uh, kind of figured the outcome would be, you know, what I predicted it would be. You know, last it was a submission. Like you said, you know, as far as serious push goes, I mean, I really don't know where that's going to go because Daddy's not there anymore. So. I um, I was kind of glad, you know, once the match started and I saw how it was going, I was kind of kind of glad that it uh, it didn't go too too long. And this was one of the two matches that I gave under a B. I gave it a C. Oh, okay. Um, after that, we then went to the no disc. Well, we didn't. Um, the next match that was up was the no disqualification tag team match um, between the Mysterios and Judgment Day. Well, seeing how I was the only one to pick the Mysterios to win, and I picked Ray to pin Finn Balor, which was a good pick, um, I thought it was a, a really good match. Um, you know, Dominic is still, still improving more and more every time I see him in the ring. Uh, Ray, well, you know, Ray's Ray. You know, it's been 20 years. He, he can he could wrestle a strand of spaghetti and still look good. And, um, you know, Edge came out to, the, to what I believe was the brood theme with the flames and 
everything else, and he, he looked good. And um, I was glad to see him back. I also picked that as my unadvertised surprise. Are and, you just uh, going to continually toot your own horn here, Mr. Victory? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, uh, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. You know what I mean? I thought it was a little disrespectful Finn Balor was doing the thing with Eddie Guerrero, but that's part of the show. Right, that's you know, him being yeah. a heel. Exactly. And, uh, but overall, with Edge coming out and everything and the way the match was, I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, I didn't like this match as much as I've liked matches between the Mysterios and Judgment Day. Um, I, I agree. I think this was the perfect time to bring Edge back. It was no disqualification. I just... I don't know. Did they... It took away from the actual match itself for me to have him come out in the middle of the match. I I would rather have seen another... I mean, Rhea Ripley, who was... I mean, other than grabbing Dominic and Ray's legs when they were going to go to a double 619, she had no involvement at all. She was just there. I mean, she came out in wrestling gear. I mean, if you're going to come out in wrestling gear, get involved. If you're not going to be involved, then just come out in in a shirt like she did in their backstage segment. Yeah. On his 20th year anniversary. I, I was disappointed with that. I I can't I can't agree with the grade of a B plus. The match itself, once again, this match was just over eleven minutes long. It seemed longer than that just because of the match. I think it would have been better if another member or if Rhea Ripley got involved or there was some undermining, some more cheap shots, some more outside interference type things, and then have Edge come down. Just the timing of him coming down just didn't make sense to me. I actually gave this a C plus. Okay. They then went to um, Happy Corbin taking on Pat McAfee. Um... It's like they did the Monday Night Raw part first, and then they went to SmackDown because then Michael Cole was there, and then Corey Graves is ringside. And he plays up the I can't stand Pat McAfee role very well. Whether they really don't like each other or not, I don't know. Um, But he, he plays the heel part of that very well. This match was was, was entertaining. Um, from the entrance that Pat McAfee got with, you know, the choir up top singing bum-ass Corbin. I mean, I could have done without that. Yep. But he's got his own theme music, his own entrance music. Came down to that. Um... Obviously, he's an athlete. Some of the things he's able to do in the ring, outside the ring, just impressed me as somebody that's quote-unquote just 
an announcer. And I'm thoroughly fine with seeing Pat McAfee wrestle once or twice a year, every six months as it may be. I actually gave this match a B. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match as well. Pat McAfee, you know, tremendous athlete. You can tell just like Logan Paul, he's been spending some time training. He's got, uh, he's got some pretty good moves in that ring for an announcer. And, um, you know, but it wasn't his first match. Right. Michael Cole was marking out big time with uh, McAfee. I think him and Corey Graves going at it back and forth was uh, pretty enjoyable as well. But uh, I enjoyed the match. You know, Corbin is Corbin. He's, you know, ring veteran. You know, match, match could have really went either way. I gave, the, I gave the match a B plus. Oh, all right. After that, they then went to the um, undisputed tag team title match with, between the champions, the Usos, defending against the Street Profits. You're up. What a match. I mean, every time these guys get together, they have a tremendous match. I thought Jeff Jarrett did a great job as a referee, called it right down the middle. You know, didn't take no bullshit from either team. I thought uh, I thought the match was was really done well. Both both teams, you know, could have went either way. Numerous two counts on both parts. Uh, in the beginning, there to me though, it looked like Jeff Jarrett was counting just a little bit quicker for the Usos. Bless you. For the Usos, thank you. Than he was for the Street Profits. But then I realized it wasn't. It really wasn't uh, that way. But I, I really enjoyed the match. It was a great match. I think this is going to be the last we'll see of the Street Profits going for the tag title. Um, unfortunately, you know they're only two-time tag team champions. I, I enjoyed the match. I gave it an A minus. Now wait a minute. You didn't. You didn't comment on the fact you got this match wrong. So you're only gonna toot your own yeah. horns. You're only gonna toot your own horns when you're right. I just I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. I was the only one of us that got the match wrong. <laughs> um, I'm gonna start off by saying this match was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. A it's a, it was a very similar match. But it was a match that could not hold the candle to the match that the two of them put together at Money in the Bank. The two teams, the four of them, I should say. Yep. Yes. Was this a good match? Yes. Was it a great match? No. I, I totally disagree that it was a great match. Um, what did you give it for great? I'm sorry, I forgot already. I gave it an A-. minus. Oh, okay. Um, if it was an... To be an A minus, it would definitely have to have gone longer than the thirteen and a half minutes that it got. It was actually thirteen minutes and twenty five seconds long. To me, that was very disappointing. I mean, I also expected something more with Jeff Jarrett. 
why are you going to have an established name such as Jeff Jarrett be announced as a special guest referee and really, I don't know, have nothing for him other than, you know, whether it be on purpose or accidentally or, or, or something. I mean, yeah. You know, he got physically involved with, you know, early on with the five count things, you know, pulling wincing, when I count to five, blah, blah, blah. But other than that, he just refereed the match. He didn't do anything special, didn't do anything good, didn't count three any different than any other referee. Um, And once again, this match just was not able to live up to the match that these four gentlemen put on um, at Money in the Bank. Um, Therefore, I can only give it a B. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Then they went to the, what was called, what was being referred to as the quote-unquote sub-main event which was Lib Morgan defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. And all I'm going to say, not all, but I'm going to start off by saying, I mean, this match was the shortest match on the card. And what a disappointment this match was. It was dominated by Ronda Rousey. They, I mean, okay, they played up that there's only three women in the history of WWE that have ever pinned Ronda Rousey and made sure that you knew that Liv Morgan was one of them. I I think the only thing that would have made this match worse is if Natalya came down sometime during the match, but... With the length of the entrance ramp, Natalia never would have made it to the ring by the time the match was over anyways. Um, right. I, the ending... It, everything made Liv Morgan look like a weaker champion than Dana Brooke, in my opinion. I, I just didn't like it at all. It's not the way you treat a champion. It's not the way you treat somebody that you're trying to push to being a um, a respected champion. She's just holding the belt till somebody else can get it. And now, in my opinion, um, I like I said, I was very disappointed. I actually gave this a C minus. I I totally agree. Um, obviously, we saw the replay that Liv Morgan did tap out. I believe it was before the three count, but the referee was just worried about the shoulders down and made the three count. I think this is where we saw a meaner side of Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's going to start her heel turn. I I I absolutely I forgot to mention it, but I mean obviously. She attacked Liv Morgan afterwards, and then she attacked the referee. I mean, yeah, she's now heel Rousey. 
Yeah, so I think that's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be better, you know, seeing her as a heel. You know, Liv Morgan, like you said, looked weak. They made her look weak. And it was a pretty lame pin. She did, you know, like that. She did tap out before the three count. You know, Ronda kind of, kind of got screwed on that. And the referee missed the count. I gave it the exact same grade you did, a C minus. Okay. We then went to the main event, where it was um, Roman Reigns defending his. Uh, what the hell do they call it exactly now? You know. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship um, against Brock Lesnar. Trib, what'd you think? What a match. And these guys just knocked the shit out of each other. When I saw Brock Lesnar jump in that tractor and drive it down the ring, I said, smart move. It's too far of a fucking walk. I'm driving. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't blame him for doing that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, these guys just, just knocked the shit out of each other, this, this whole match. I mean, how they were able to stand and, you know, there was a lot of them getting up just at the nine count. Yep. Um, you know, then, Rome, then Brock put Roman in the bucket and dips him over and picks up the ring with the, the bucket, with the tractor and everything else and. They finally found a way to keep him down by putting all that stuff on top of him. And I thought, you know, I knew once Dusos came out, you know, knew something was going to happen because there was no disqualification in that match. I kind of figured it was going to turn out like that. And now we're looking, now we're going to have Roman and McIntyre and Clash at the Castle. I gave this match an A. Okay. Um... You know, you, I... I... I didn't I didn't like this match. I can honestly say I didn't like this match. I loved it. I thought this was a great match. Unfortunately, it was exactly 23 minutes long, which was the clincher to give Mr. Trivia um the 50 point bonus. Um and uh, we had talked about it and about the card. We all got almost every match right. It yep. was these extra bonuses that, that, that we throw into our prediction show that, you know, lead to victories nowadays. And, and this is one that happened. Um, but it was 23 minutes of edge of the seat excitement. Um... I mean, from Brock coming down and then jump, you know, I don't even know how he got into the the bucket of the tractor because that was above the ring. I, I don't even remember how he got into it. And then he jumped out of it and started the match and, and just from from the word go, from the ding, ding, ding to start the match, to the end was just excitement and and the not even just a near nine count the 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 near nine point seven five counts um, that Brock had that Roman had um, 
I did like the fact that it was different than other last men standing matches that I've noticed. It's like when one wrestler knocks the other down, they tell the referee to start counting. No, every time somebody went down, the referee just started counting. Um, and it was funny. I sat there with a little stopwatch. And it was when the ta- the first table that Roman Reigns gave Brock Lesnar Samoan dropped through. To get to the eight count that Brock got up was actually 18.7 seconds on a stopwatch. So, wow. once again, you know, just to yeah. tell you um, that it's not truly, a, you know, a one, two, three, but it, it still was entertaining. Um, theory coming down, knocking Roman Reigns with the briefcase, and then before he was able to, quote-unquote, officially cash in, um, he got F5'd by Brock Lesnar, so... He still has his briefcase to cash in in the future. To Roman Reigns, uh, not to Roman Reigns, to Paul Heyman getting f 5 through the announcer's table. The Usos come down and get thrown around like little stuffed dolls. This match was great. Um, I'm actually going to disagree with your A grade, and I'm actually going to give this an A+. Plus and put this in the running for match of the year right now. All righty. Dave Payne is watching. Dave, thanks for watching. My, uh, my old boss over at Goodwill. Nice to see him out there. Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, is this, is this it? Is this the final, the final hurrah for Brock Lesnar? Yeah, Roman Reigns is on to Drew McIntyre. No, I don't mean with Roman and Drew. With Roman and Brock. I oh, I thought, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, I mean, what else, what else is Brock Lesnar going to want to do if he's not in the title picture? Right. Not much, Dave. Yeah, that was a great match. Definitely agree. Absolutely. Um, One thing I liked about the match, too, was... The facial expressions that Roman was making every time Brock got up. Yeah. Roman's looking at him like, you know, this guy's not human. And that was I think that was the one way to keep him down was to put all that stuff on him and to take the announcer table. Because that announcer table's got away a whole lot of a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean, was it me was it just me or did you think that I mean, whoever was going to win when they first brought the tractor down was going to be held down by the bucket of the tractor. That's what I thought. I that was my first thought when I saw it. I'm like, oh, here it goes. Like somebody's going to get squashed by the bucket on the tractor and they're going to get down there for the 10 count. Right. Happen. could see, you know, you know, Paul Heyman in the, in the driver's seat, you know, moving it down and then. You know, but, you know, the usage of it, you know, pushing the ring. I don't know if it, he was supposed to push the ring as far as he did. Uh, I, I think he just had a little trouble getting under it. 
But then when he picked it up in that one corner and, and Roman went rolling down like a tumbleweed in a, in a ghost town, I, like I yep. said, this was just, it was a, SummerSlam had a great way to start it and an incredible way to end it. Absolutely, I agree. My overall grade was a, was a very solid high B+. Plus. I, I, well, I, I mean, I'll give it a low B+. Plus. Um, borderline B, really because of the the two things. Um, so within the first four matches, halfway point, we had surprise returns and superstars randomly show up. A Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai. I mean, AJ Styles made an appearance, and then in the fourth match, Edge. And then after that, the only surprise we got was Kane announcing the attendance. And then after he announced the attendance, it's like he's new to WWE and didn't know what the fuck he was supposed to do. Right. I, I don't know if you noticed that, but it it's just they like front loaded the first half of the pay-per-view, and then also in the second half. We got the horribly disappointing Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match, which maybe if that's a better match, it maybe the last match isn't as good. Maybe yeah. because of the severe disappointment, made the last match better. And also the entrances of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I think were longer than any other match on the card. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a five-hour pay-per-view then. Yeah. Um, um, so just with that alone, I mean, I can't give it that high B plus. Okay. Uh, Professor Rick Del Santo from the podcast PWZ is watching. Rick, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, when Becky came down and I started watching it when she was walking, it's like, oh my god, how long is this entryway? <laughs> And it was pretty long. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but uh, I was I was uh, pretty happy with the pay-per-view. Like I said, I've seen every every SummerSlam since its inception in 1988. Um, and I thought this was this was one of the good ones. And now five weeks, five weeks, we got Clash at the Castle, which will be Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Yep. And when I when I mentioned something about. Would, would this be the end of Brock, uh, that we see of Brock Lesnar? And you had said that you don't think Brock will be around unless it's a title picture. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar would be a hell of a match for the title. But I once mean, again, that's... If Drew wins. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't see... I just see Brock Lesnar going back to Saskatchewan to the Royal Rumble. And then maybe yeah. showing up at the Rumble type deal. Um, right. But yeah, I just thought, you know, I thought it was one of a really good, really good show. Like I said, I gave yeah. it solid B-plus for a grade. Wasn't disappointed. Waiting to see Monday Night Raw tomorrow night, though, to see uh, how interesting that's going to be now. Well, I thought it was pretty good. The first pay-per-view or premium live event without Vince McMahon at the controls. 
And I thought it was good. The crowd was really into it. I mean, I thought, I mean, the crowd, I, I thought the crowd was really into every match. Yeah. Yeah, the crowd was and, excellent. Uh, yep. So. But, yeah, that's our, uh, our SummerSlam recap show. Uh, it was, uh, you know, like I said, I really can't say much more about it. It was, to me, I thought it was a really good show. WWE definitely, uh. Pulled out the stops on this one, even though they had eight matches. Usually you get a good card like that with 10 or 12 matches. It's like, oh, right. that's okay. Yeah, and we didn't, actually, we didn't even mention the uh, stupid, in my opinion, um, segment with Riddle coming out. And, uh, you know, they say I'm not medical care, but, you know, calling out Seth Rollins... Very surprised yeah. and disappointed. You know, one of the things I was thinking about too was when they were trying to when they were trying to look around and say, "Well, we don't have a match for Seth Rollins," and then all of a sudden you start seeing these these things with Kevin Owens talking about how Monday Night Raw is how he was saying it's the Kevin Owens show. I was saying these guys have had a history. Why not put Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins? I thought that would have been a decent match. Well, yeah, but you're not... I mean... Would it have been... I don't know. In my opinion, it it wouldn't have made a difference at that point. You're just... It would have been as useless as putting him in the the segment that they did with, with Riddle. It, there's, there's no base... I mean, they're best friends. You know, Seth Rollins is my best friend. I, I mean, why all of a sudden are you going to throw a match like that together? The only way, in my opinion, it would have worked is if there was a surprise return of a male, obviously male, of, of a wrestler that we hadn't seen. But... I mean, I, I read somebody's comments uh, on on mine that would it have would it have made anything different than what they did at WrestleMania? Because it was Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Right. So, are you really gonna bring back a wrestler and have another surprise opponent for Seth Rollins? So it made sense to this person that they didn't have a match for Seth Rollins. Yep. Uh, Former indie wrestler Danny Justice is watching. Danny, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're going to have to get you on the show one of these times and talk about your indie career. Um, Were you surprised? I mean, I know he's injured and don't know how much longer he's going to be out. But they have played music before where nobody has come out. Were you surprised that they didn't play Randy Orton's music when Riddle got curb stomped? Or no, wasn't surprised no. at all. No. Okay. But yeah, the thing with Seth Rollins was, you know, I, I mean, if you're not medically cleared to wrestle, why are you in the ring? You know, you're you're basically setting yourself up if the guy comes out, you know, to to get hurt. When he first came out and he said that, I thought it was going to be like a quote-unquote 
unsanctioned, you know, just fight between the two. You know, right. maybe have Adam Pierce come down and, you know, with a little in-ring promo. Well, you know you're not medically cleared. We can't, you know, we can't let you, you know, wrestle, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I'm not going to stop you if you want to fight. You know, yeah. and have just like a brawl or something. That right. would have been okay. But for what it was, him to come down, give him a curb stomp, and then, you know, walk away, and, and that was it. it. It just, I don't know, maybe it was just right. a, a time fill-in. I don't know. Yep, that's great. You know, you've seen sometimes where we've seen pay-per-views where they've had rematches from a previous pay-per-view. Okay. Do you expect any rematches at Clash of the Castle from SummerSlam? Or do you think five weeks might be a little too long to no. drag them up? No, I don't think it would be too no. too long. I mean, but off of what we got, um, maybe Ronda Rousey gets suspended for 30 days because she put her hands on a referee and then comes back just in time. For Clash at the Castle for another match with Liv Morgan. Um, but actually, honestly, I don't. Yeah, I don't think any of the any of the matches would lead to an actual rematch at Clash at the Castle, which means they've got five weeks to build up new feuds for. Every I think, wrestler. I think in the in the five week period leading up to Clash at the Castle, I think at Clash at the Castle we'll see Bailey and Bianca. But uh, I don't know because I mean Bailey wasn't dressed really in wrestling gear. I I, I don't know after seeing the segment. I'm wondering if she's going to be more of a mouthpiece slash, you know, like Paige was for Absolution. Um, you know, more like a mouthpiece for Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. I don't know if she's going to be an active in-ring. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Maybe we'll find out. Tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. That's just right. the first instinct that I got. That she's now leading this faction. And she's now got two people to help do her dirty work. You know. Yep. So. I'm now, would it, would, it, would it surprise you? Um, I, I know I, I've read things where they were saying that. You know, just because I, I, I follow Bailey on social media and I've seen interactions with her on Twitter. Oh, sorry, still eating my breakfast. Um, and she's made several comments in reference to NXT women. How shocked would you be if not only did we see Bailey show up with EO Sky? 
and uh, Dakota Kai on Monday Night Raw, but also on NXT to confront Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction. I think that would be pretty cool. I'd be pretty surprised if that happened. It'd be it'd be like a a, a wow moment. Okay. Like like when Bailey came out last night, I didn't realize that was Dakota Kai until Corey Graves said something. It was like, who the hell is this coming down the aisle? And then he said, that's Dakota Kai. She's not even under contract with WWE. It's like, then what the fuck is she doing there? And then when he said EO Sky, I said, oh, there's a botch. He made him a thing there. Cause it's, but I guess they changed her name, so she's not going to be known as EO Sky. But yeah, like you said, I mean, even Bailey looked like she was in really good shape. Yeah. You know, EO Shirai definitely looked like she was... Uh, Ready to go right there. And, and Dakota Kai was somebody that was, I mean, let go. Obviously, I think it was April 29th, but I remember the correct date that she was let go. That was really, you know, a shock to, uh, you know, a lot of, especially NXT fans. Um, uh, she was, you know, getting pushed. She was constantly in TV matches. She was, you know, buddies with Raquel Rodriguez, well, Raquel Gonzalez then. Then she had the yeah. sing with Wendy Chu, and then all of a sudden, yeah, okay, let's let her go. Um, one of those, I think, if I remember correctly, is one of those, hey, you know what? Your contract is coming up, and I don't think she wanted to re-sign with WWE or made it known that she wasn't in, interested in re-signing, so WWE cut her loose. Yeah. And so now maybe with Triple H, you know, who had a good, you know, rapport with a lot of NXT talent, that that very, very, very well could have been the sign, seal, and deliver me back to WWE. I know yeah. Io Shirai um, had been missing since Stand and Deliver at WrestleMania. She had that fatal four-way that, right. that she was involved in. And hadn't been seen since. It was had been reported that her contract was close to coming up. So WWE Creative really didn't have anything for her to do on a short-term basis. Right. And now you've got to expect that, oh, you know what? Triple H made a little phone call and said, hey, listen, we're going to put you up on the main roster and give you a little push. You know, well, what do you think? And so maybe she's re-signed. Um, an extension her contract. So, you know, this this obviously could be things, um, you know, in the future that that are going to be changing with WWE. Right, Dave Pena said, "Are you guys going to watch Ric Flair's last match tonight?" Nah, I honestly thought he already had his last match. <laughs> no, this tonight, him and Andrade against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. So, but, uh, all right, so that's the end of the SummerSlam recap show. Uh, what did we have for results from last night for our prediction show? Oh, I thought you meant for all the matches we just went through. Um, oh, well, you, like I already said, you finished in first um, due to the, you know, at that 50-point bonus that you got. Um, Little Mug was second. Um... 
Mr. 24-7 was third. Mrs. 24-7 was fourth. And I was the caboose. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't have the overall, overall, but. Alright. No, I was, I was talking with DJ yesterday before the uh, pay-per-view. How sometimes Greg will come up with an added bonus every so often that you can get extra points for certain things. And DJ goes, yeah. I said, I'm going to put this one out to Greg. I said, let's see what he thinks about it. You know how Major League Baseball has the triple crown? Which is batting average, home runs, RBIs. Yep. Very, very, very hard for one person to get all three. Oh, yeah. Why don't we do something like that for our prediction show? The one person that comes in first place in all four of the major pay-per-views, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series... If the same person wins all four of those prediction shows, gets 200 bonus points. Well, A, that wouldn't matter because we don't do two, we don't do, I mean, 200 bonus points. You just don't do any more prediction shows for the rest of the year because the most points you can get in a, in a victory is seven. So if you gave somebody 200 bonus points, that's it. The prediction show for the year is over because they, they've won. Well, no, but I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, A, that would have been something to suggest before WrestleMania, because, I mean, A, WrestleMania is a two-night event, so do we go with who was the winner overall? Well, okay, well, you know what? Little Nug won WrestleMania weekend, you won this one, okay, there's no 200 points, but when the most points you can get for winning is seven... If you give somebody 200 points, hypothetically right. speaking, right now, you'd have 238, or you'd have 218. Second place is, is Little Mug with 21. There's there's no yeah, way for him to catch I, you. I wouldn't have to do a prediction show the rest of the year. Right. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, it was just a suggestion. So, but, uh... Yeah, so what do you you think we're going to see Edge tomorrow night on Raw? Probably. I think I think we are too, and I think he's going to... So, uh, what do you think they're going to... I mean, obviously, we, you know... I, I don't know. You never gave your opinion on what you think there could be for rematches coming from this going forward. Um, but what do you think is... is I mean, no titles changed hands. I don't remember the last time we had a premium live event or pay-per-view whatever where there were several titles on the line where nothing changed hands. But so what do you, who or what do you think could be next for these reigning champions? I mean, other than Bianca, which I think we might see a a direction kind of, but I mean, Bobby Lashley... uh, 
the Usos. I mean, Roman Reigns, we know Drew McIntyre, um, right. Lib Morgan. I mean, what do we think is on deck for these these champions? Well, I think I think next in line for the Usos is the Viking Raiders. I don't see it. I don't see heel versus heel. I, I, I that that's where I'm at a conundrum with, with that. I don't know who they're gonna push. I really, honestly, don't know what they're now doing with their men's tag division. Um, right. I mean, with the new vicious Viking Raiders being heel. I don't, you know, you don't have RK Bro, so I mean, who, you broke up the Dirty Dogs, you know, so what's what's really next in the tag division? True. And we all know, like I said, Roman and Drew. Uh, for Bobby Lashley, I think, uh, <laughs> I think you might see, uh, hmm. Nah, I don't want to say Omos because that would be kind of boring. Yeah, well, you've um, already been through that. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yep. Could you get behind a, a, a heel Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley feud? Oh, yeah. I forgot Kevin Owens. That would, that would be good. I think that would be a good match. I really do. And I think WWE is still missing the boat on the Intercontinental title. I think we should see an intercontinental title match at Clash at the Castle. Oh, I think you will. Yeah. Between Gunther and Nakamura. I I think you will because Gunther is is from Europe. I mean, he was the UK NXT champion for a record amount of days. He'll probably get a hell of a pop. So that would... uh, that, that would be good. As far as... Uh, but Liv Morgan. I, mean, like, I, think, I mean... I think we're going to see... Shotzi? <laughs> I mean... Who's... Na- I mean... Is it going to have to be... A returning Charlotte Flair to make... Anything with Liv Morgan be interesting? Because I don't see any... I don't see anything else on SmackDown. Right, because Lacey Evans is on Raw... No, she's not. So, she's done SmackDown, but uh, you're 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 right. half right. Yeah. But she but she didn't she didn't wrestle Friday because she wasn't medically cleared. What the fuck happened that made her not medically cleared? Did she have COVID? I mean, that's right. the only thing I could think of. She hasn't fucking wrestled in over a month, so she couldn't have gotten injured in a match. So the only thing I'm thinking is, I mean, I, I, I once again, I follow her on social media. Her and her husband and, and her two kids kind of been traveling around for the last many months um, in an RV because it's easier to, you know, than having to stay at hotels, you know, with, with, with you know, a, a, a young child and an infant. Um, so who knows? Maybe she got COVID at one of these RV parks. I don't know. But we'll have to see if she shows up this Friday. I don't know. Greg, Scott sent us a, a, a question. 
Was Brock really slated to lose that match? And who do you guys think will dethrone Roman? Uh, I think five weeks. Um, Drew McIntyre dethrones um, Roman Reigns. Yep, I, re- I agree with you. I think uh, the time has come for Roman. Uh, you know, he's been a great, been a great champion all this time. Something, something I wanted and, to uh, mention really quick before I forget. Before I forget. Last night, Michael Cole mentioned not once but twice about Roman Reigns' 680-day title range. I don't know if you remember him saying that. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Now, he won the title in that triple threat no-hold barn match with The Fiend and Braun Strowman at Payback, August 30th, 2020. Okay? Hold on one second. Let's see if you can hear this. How many days ago was August 30th, 2020? Hold on. How many days ago was August 30th, 2020. August 30th, 2020 was 700 days ago. Did did you hear that? Yes, I did. That was my Google Assistant telling me that from today, August 30th, 2020 was 700 days ago. Where the fuck did Michael Cole lose these 20 days? Right. Yeah. And if and if it was seven hundred days, August of twenty twenty, we're now coming into August of twenty twenty two. But once again, tomorrow's right. August first. Add thirty days, and that's seven hundred and thirty days, which is exactly two years. Um, no, I think that's it. I just want to let everybody out there know that two weeks from today, the Top Rope Report will have their 500th episode. Two weeks from today. Um, going to try and line up a couple of special guests to come on. Not too sure who they're going to be yet, but I'll be talking with Greg during the week. 500, really? Yep. I don't. I don't ever remember doing episode four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, Greg, great show today. Uh, wasn't as great as the pay per view, but it was a great show. So I uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in and you know with your comments and questions and everything. So on behalf of the Ducks and Greg, this is the illustrious Mister Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch us on Wednesday.
And that was our SummerSlam recap. Tune in Wednesday for another great episode of Top Rope Report.